0: Now, it's no secret that competition is rife in Australia's home loan market, with lenders fighting tooth and nail over borrowers amid record levels of refinancing, driving some lenders to even make rate cuts despite moves from the RBA. Non-bank lenders play an important role in this market competition, challenging major banks to stay on their toes with sharp rates and good technology. So on that note, I'm pleased to say we're joined by Brodie Hupt co-founder and ceo of one of australia's leading non-bank lenders wealth Brody, welcome to the savings tip jar podcast
1: thanks for having me gents it's good to have you on here Brody. so we'll first talk about the big elephant in the room the rba uh, and their movement on tuesday afternoon um i noted earlier that you at wealth could kind of see it coming so what does this hike mean um how high will the rba go and what does this mean for a lender you know you, you talked about bond yields and things like that but what does this mean for wealth
2: yeah, it's actually a really good question and um you know even a lot of the experts in the space have been struggling uh, to ascertain where the rba is going and there's obviously been a lot of uh, media come out about the structure of the rba and the new rba board that has been put forward as well so look you know we had a little bit of a uh, uh, internal information that helped us get ahead of of understanding where the rba would go with this rate rise and that's purely based on the source of our funds so we're not a balance sheet lender; uh, we source funds from a warehouse facility uh, and then we on lending to our customers so we've got a really close relationship with the two warehouse funders that we utilize and speaking with them about um, you know some of the bond yields and, and uh, bond rates and the cycles that are happening uh, they could anticipate that we would have probably one more uh, interest rate rise, which went through on Tuesday, just to test, um, I suppose, the economy itself, uh, and also um, push, I suppose, a lot of the consumers in the space to see if we can um, understand where where inflation is going. And I suppose for the RBA, this will probably be the last one for now. They'll wait for the next results of of inflation results to come out, and then make the decision from there. The good news, I suppose, from our perspective, is that we're predicting still that probably towards the end of this year, by sort of Q3 September October, we feel that the RBA will either hold for a longer period or start to tail off and drop off a back the cycle, which will be a huge relief for a lot of household uh, borrowers. I mean, we've been looking at you know, different product structuring about how we can create a little bit more flexibility and less stress for for homeowners. Um, Household pressure is stress-saver. Two years it's only owner-occupied loan. So the borrower is only paying for the interest-only proportion for a two-year period, just so they can ride uh, this interest rate rising wave and make sure that they've got security around their repayments. And their repayments will be less than what their principal and interest repayments would have been if they're moving from a principal interest to an interest-owner product.
0: Now, Brody, as I mentioned earlier, um, we're seeing so much competition in Australia's home loan market. Um, and I guess one of the major challenges for non-bank lenders, such as, uh, wealth is uh, a lot of the cashback offers that, that some of the kind of bigger banks have been offering, you know, we've seen some offering up to five or even $6,000 cashback to people refinancing, but, um. You know, there's there's early signs that these could be could be winding down a bit. Um, with U Bank, uh, I've noticed they're they're actually no longer offering this month. they they're very generous uh, five thousand dollars cash back. Um, just generally, what's your, what's your take on these cashback offers, and are these winding down?
2: Yeah, actually, um, I wasn't I wasn't prepared for this question, but it's an awesome one. We have this conversation internally all the time. What we see it as is the the major banks failing really to understand their unit economics uh, around the cost of acquisition for a customer, they've become quite lazy. So rather than trying to you know, generate and invest in education to their borrowers and, and customers, they go, look, for retention, rather than you moving the CBA being you know really guilty of this, they're offering upwards of, of in some cases, $7,000 to retain a customer because they don't want to lose them and they know that their cost, uh, customer acquisition cost is higher than that when you're looking at that unit of cost per settled loan. So we focus heavily on education. We're focusing heavily um, on our unit economics and our business model, whereby we're not trying to offer huge cashback incentives for customers, but rather talk to customers about how they can be more purposeful with their money And that talks our partnership with parlay for the oceans and what we're doing in that space as well so for every uh loan that settles we empower parlay for the oceans to clean up 50 square meters of australian coastline and beaches for marine plastic and marine debris
1: for sure um and that kind of takes care of uh one of my uh later questions um but we'll, we'll pivot slightly to more of the wealth story so um i think i've uh gotten some comments from you and your brother drew before for a, for a wealth story that we did a couple of years ago. Um, and what stuck out to me was that you guys are very sort of, um, ocean based people, you know, you you like getting out on the water and things like that. Um, so can you tell us how did wealth sort of come about, um, and tell us some of the backstory to establishing a lender, um, with your brother and, um, and go a bit further into the the push for the cleaning up the oceans initiative.
2: Yeah, for sure. So, our story, and I've said it you know, many times now, um, but our story really has been a, probably a, a more different one to your generic uh, neobank or um, lender stories where the founders have generally come out of an institutional bank. Our story is really um, come from the entre- entrepreneurial side of it and looking at a customer focus when we're thinking about creating product and creating business ideas. Um, but for us, it's almost been about how do we solve um, you know, inflection points or solve uh, objections or um, irrational components of an industry. So for us, we had a property advisory, we then went into finance, brokering, we then went into FinTech. Uh, we have a PFM tool that we recently sold, which is a personal fi- finance manager app called Money Management. We've got a prop tech tool called Propolytics. Um, and It's always been about trying to level up the customer experience, playing in tech, and finance led us almost organically to, to create wealth and we could take it with a blank canvas. So I studied uh, the Australian banking license or the restricted um, banking license as part of my thesis with uh, Oxford University when I did the FinTech program there and understood that it was a pretty, um, how would you say, it, kindergarten version of, of reality and there was no commercial basis for it. That's, that's, pretty harsh, but it's, it's pretty black and white in my eyes. And we thought, you know, rather than trying to create another bank, and we've now seen multiple of them um, set up, raise a hell of a low capital, stumble, trip and fall, because the basic core foundation of the business doesn't make sense. So we looked at it as, let's become a non-bank lender, let's become a digital lender first, and then that'll be the core revenue providing component to our business from where then we can build out our, uh, our rest of our ecosystem and, and product roadmap with that we said to ourselves we really want to overlay um and have at the core of our dna purpose-led purpose initiative we have an affinity with the oceans being in australia you know growing up circling and sailing you know being being by the beach most australians do and um this was an issue that you know, we landed on and we were lucky enough to you know, it's a lot of work and as i'm sure you could understand it and uh, respect. But uh, we brought together our card manufacturer, which is the second endeavor on and parlay for the oceans and wealth and thought from the outset of the business, let's make sure that everything that's tied to generating revenue also creates impact. And we're seeing the benefits of that now. Now that we've gone from sort of a startup business into a scale up style operation, uh, we're seeing that the consumer sentiment towards wanting to do something positive with money because it's a bit of a taboo sort of subject in Australia particularly around lending and loans and turning into a positive and they can be part of that community and drive real change um, we're winning we're winning business that way we're winning customers but we're winning a community uh, which we're really proud of the other um i suppose big point of difference of us as a, a lender compared to your other digital lenders in the space like the ethelians tiktoks and um, the 86400, which is the new bank as we referenced before, is we always had a mandate to go out as a dual channel distribution source. So to support direct consumer, but also to support the biggest part of the market, which is finance brokers. Now they account for writing in to of 72% of all loans currently in the residential and commercial property uh, sector. And then more recently, uh, we've focused on widening our breadth in terms of our product range to make sure that we're helping brokers win business when we're in a downside of the market. So we had a lot of growth in the the lending space uh, through 2021, uh, 2020, and 2022. That's tailed off a little bit this year. So we're looking at more niche-based products like getting into the SMSF lending space and being super competitive Uh, In that sector. I mean, that sector speaks to $127 billion worth right now uh, in terms of the size of it, and it's only a growing sector. There's over 1.1 million uh, self managed super funds set up in Australia. Over 750,000 of them have limited reinforced borrowing arrangements, which is SMSF lending for property. Um, People are trying to take control back from from the big super funds. So it's understanding and identifying um, different components of the industry where we can uh, make a difference.
0: Just on a slightly different, I mean, you mentioned weighing up the commercial viability of becoming a bank and instead deciding to focus on being a, uh, a non-bank. Um, obviously, non-bank lenders, uh, they, they come with their advantages and disadvantages. Um, I guess, you know, maybe one of the disadvantages could be that yeah, some people have this, this stigma attached to um, to non-bank lenders that you can't really trust them, you can't really borrow from them. Can you expand a little bit on um, some of the advantages and disadvantages of, um, of non-bank lending?
2: Sure. I mean, there's multiple layers to that question. It's a really good one. Um, first of all, you know, from our perspective, we we're always thinking about the customer. So the customer experience. The, the general disadvantages of non-bank lending in the past, or, or lending from mortgage managers, has been um, the difference or the siloing of each loan into a different customer world. So you have one loan funded here by X, Y, Z one loan funded here by a different funding warehouse or a different solution or a different funding source or a different customer portal. So we've solved for that. We've brought in our own single customer portal, the Wealth Portal, which brings in multiple sources of funding, displays it in one customer portal and has all the security-led um, elements in there. We have the same capability as any digital or bank. We have the same capability. You know, we've got cards in market, Cycle the first, world first, which we're super proud of, um, these are recycled ocean plastic cards we have fully functioning offsets multiple offsets we've got all the bells and whistles for each a beautiful experience from the customer so for us that's the first thing that you have to tackle head on and, and solve it for the second component around trust um, is just about helping and educating your customers and also brokers about what it looks like why are people um carrying that sentiment of not trusting uh, a non-bank, is it around the financial claim scheme? You know, if we partner with a, um, an ADI, which an ADI supplies our offset accounts, does that uh, secure the customer under that same scheme? So it's about changing the narrative and helping drive education. And consumers are smart. For too long, the banks have marketed to consumers like the monkey, the idiots, which we take the opposite sentiment. We think, let's give them all the information. Sure, they may not understand it all, but then let's then help take them through that journey uh, and bring them
1: along for the ride. Brody, before we wrap up, um, I think I'll just ask. It's a bit of a two-pronged question. So, um, one of the sort of uh, talking points in in recent years has been um, home loan approval times. You know, we saw with the big banks in the sort of COVID years um, that approval times were blowing out massively. Um, so, how fast, on average, you don't need to go in, into any. Um, hard numbers or whatever but how fast generally can wealth approve a home loan um and off the back of that are there any sort of announcements you'd like to make with with wealth any new features you're adding or or any developments with wealth
2: yeah so happy to answer all those questions uh first of all our current um turnaround time is 48 hours on that's quick. so that's our sla internally we are in final uat testing for our decision engine, so we're having our whole product suite pushing through a decision engine for instant approval, which we're launching to brokers first. So we'll be the first digital lender or the first lender in Australia that supports brokers through an end-to-end instant approval process. So that's in, in testing right now. We've also just just about launched our broker portal version two, which gives finance brokers again, talk about customer experience, we talking about the broker experience, who are our distributors, they are our ambassadors for our brand. Um, bringing in all of their deals into one single portal, showing how much impact they've created with Parley, showing all of their, um, their digitized firms, servicing calculators, commission statements, everything all in one self-serve kiosk. Um, but then tying that back in and integrating that with our decision engine will enable a broker to go on, apply for a loan, as long as they've got all of the outstanding information, documentation, they're ready to upload into the system we'll be able to skip them back at any single all we're sort of excited
0: about. Yeah, well, I guess with uh, more than half of Australians opting to go through a broker, than uh, direct with a lender, I guess, yeah, brokers are always going to remain that key pillar of the mortgage broking industry. But um, yeah, Brody, I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. Um, really appreciate your insights. And thanks so much for joining us on the Saving Tip Jar podcast.
2: Pleasure is online, gentlemen. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Brody.